my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. Tanner fans, Angela Bowen here, the host of Oh My Lanta, Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House Fuller House podcast. Well, everyone, it's 2021. How's it treating you so far? It's going well for me, too. Hopefully, things are going well for you. I mean, I know it's only January 5th, but so far, things are all right. Well, even though I'm recording this. In January, this new series of Full House episodes will not come out until February because of the series title, Tanner Girls in Love, which is going to focus on on Michelle, Stephanie, and DJ. So here's the episode rundown. Today we're going to focus on Season 2, Episode 16, Baby Love. The following week will be focused on Stephanie in Season 4, Stephanie Plays the Field. And then the week after that will be Lovers and Other Tanners in Season 6 with DJ and Steve. And the very last episode I will do for the Tanner Girls in Love series is going to be Season 8, Dateless in San Francisco. So let's go back to Baby Love, Season 2, Episode 16, which aired February 24th, 1989. In this episode, Michelle develops a crush on Rebecca's nephew. So I always like to read the DVD case description to kind of see what one's better. Let's see, it says... Here it is. Found it. Okay. (laughs) Sorry. The man that got away. Michelle's crying the blues when her playmate Howie goes home to Nebraska. Eh. I I, I think that one's good. So this episode was directed by Peter Baldwin. Writer and writer Jeff Franklin. Jeff Franklin had a hand in this one. Alright, cool. This episode's got a 6.9 out of 10 based on 217 ratings. Guest stars Debbie Gregory as Connie. You will see her again reprising her role as Connie in Season 4. However, however, this actress does come back before Season 4 as a different character. I know, it's weird. And this is even weirder. Okay, so season two, she plays Connie, Becky's sister. Season three, she's in The Greatest Birthday on Earth. She plays the woman that Danny hits on because <laughs> she's bringing her nephew to Michelle's birthday party. She also plays Karen in Lust in the Dust. She plays Stephanie's dance teacher. And then she, of course, is in the wedding part one and two. And this is, it's, it's weird. It's just, 
we know her already in the beginning as one person, but to have her come on as two separate people in season three and then reprise her role as Karen's like, come on, Full House casting, what are you doing here? And if you think about it, look at this. Season three, episode 10. Season three, episode 15. That's five episodes. So that's like a month of time. Granted, when these aired, were we really as kids like, hey, that actress looks like that, that, that lady that played the woman that Danny hit on in The Greatest Birthday on Earth? No, we didn't. We didn't know. We didn't care. So it does look like Debbie Gregory did stop working in 94. And it looks like her episodes... On TV show. Oh, she was an anchor woman into Grandmother's House We Go, uh, the Olsen Twins Christmas film. Interesting. Oh, she was also on an episode of Cheers. I'm sure she probably dated Sam Malone, Ted Danson's character. I wouldn't, wouldn't put it past him. He was always dating somebody. If it wasn't Diane and it wasn't Re Rebecca Howell, then it was anyone and every girl in between. Now, fun fact, you may not know this, or you might, because I'm sure I probably did bring it up when I covered the wedding part one and two, the role of Howie. Now, when I first watched this growing up, or even in reruns, I had no idea, but the role of Howie is shared by a couple twins, Kara and Kimberly Albright. Now... I first would have found this out when I was listening to the Everywhere You Look podcast, Full House podcast, and they had brought it up, and I was I was immediately floored, like, I had no idea. Now, at the time I heard this, I was just watching Full House, like, when it came on at uh, Nick at Night at the time, because Hulu didn't have it. In fact, Hulu wasn't streaming. I mean, I would have been listening to this back in 2015. So, I want to see if the girls have done... Oh, they were... Looks like they must have shared a role. Let's see. Knott's, La Knott's Landing. Okay, 89-91. They played Meg McKenzie. They were also in the movie A Cry for Help, the Tracy Thurman story. So, this is... Uh, Knott's Landing would have been... The same year. Okay. Interesting. Good for the girls. Good for them. And yes, of course, the same for uh, Kimberly. So Kara and Kimberly Albright. We do have some trivia. Becky and Jesse have an argument over what they will name their future son. Jesse says he will name his son Dustin. And Becky says she will name her son Prescott. Later, Becky and Jesse get married and have two sons. Neither one of them is named Dustin or Prescott. Well, that's because it's like they had only been dating for, what, a month or so? And those are just, it's like one of the conversations, like when you're newly dating, been dating for like a month or a few months, and you're like just like talking about, you know, if you're comfortable, you know, talking about marriage, like, oh, one day we're going to get married, we're going to live in this house, we're going to have this many kids, we're going to name them, blah, 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 blah. And then when you do that, you go through it. None of those names come up again. <laughs> yeah. So, um, okay, I gotta ask this. Does anyone else, when they hear the name Dustin, immediately think of Stranger Things now? Because that's exactly what pops into my head. 
Now, when I would have heard Dustin watching this in reruns, I would have probably thought of, oh, there's a kid in my grade named Dustin. In the kitchen, Joey talks about how the Wolfman doesn't look like Rob Lowe. John Stamos has been mistaken for Rob Lowe numerous times as they are both the same age. Green-eyed, brunette heartthrobs from the 80s and 90s. Really? I, I don't see it. I, I don't see it. I mean, yes, they both have brown hair. But John Stamos's hair is more dark brown bordering on black. Whereas Rob Lowe's hair is more kind of a dark blonde brownish kind of hair. The title is from the 1964 song Baby Love, recorded by the Supremes for the Motown label, which was the Supremes' most successful single. Actually, now that I think about it, yeah, Baby Love was used in a flashback episode of the seven, the seven Month Itch. I remember that. When Jesse was hearing that Michelle was sick and he's playing guitar with his, his buddies and he's thinking of Michelle and we hear the, the Baby Love song come on. Here's some goofs. Continuity. Jesse says he must watch Wake Up San Francisco because he and Becky have a code. One week, one wink for yes to a date or two winks for no. Then when Becky gives him the signal, she winks twice and he says that it was for yes. That's the thing that always kind of bugged me. It's like, no, you said two winks for no, buddy. Errors made by characters. Um, yeah, it's pretty much saying the same thing. During her broadcast, she winks twice. He jumps up and exclaims, Hot dog, Joseph, a double wink. Show that champagne, pal. The double wink would have indicated no date and therefore he should not have been happy. Okay, okay. Calm down. Calm down, uh, goof reviewer. <laughs> it's just a show. <laughs> Get a little too, okay, on the nose about that. Oh, ooh, guys, we got, got a lot of reviews. Hey, use the reviews. Yeah, well. Not for the podcast, but for this episode. All right. Get comfy. I'm excited. Eh, I love the reviews. They're so fun. Okay. 10 out of 10. Titled Stephanie is Love. Um, okay. This was from June 29, 2020. I, it just says, I love Stephanie. She's the best. LOL. Okay. Well, they're not all winners. What can I say? Okay. 10 out of 10, The Date Wink. This is from August 31st, 2018 by Jamie Dashlin. Warning, spoilers. When Jesse tells Joey about the date wink, he says one wink for... Oh, is this the person that left the goof? Are you the goof? You're the goof, right? Jamie Lynn, are you the goof? Yeah. Love the series. My children are reaching an age where they love it, too. Okay, well, oh, of course, ever faithful Power Mandan, giving it a 9 out of 10, titling it Very Cute. May 16th, 2017, one of the best episodes of the season features two parallel stories that are equally good. The best episodes in the series have this. The first deals with Becky's sister Connie and nephew Howie as tourists in the bay. Howie appears on Wake Up San Francisco, and two-year-old Michelle develops a crush on him. 
When Howie has to go back home to Nebraska the next day, Michelle is heartbroken and the Tanner house tries everything to, to cheer her up. The other story deals with Stephanie trying to be like her big sister. Kimmy runs the wolf band for her and DJ. But Stephanie really wants to join in. Jesse lets her watch it. All the kids are scared to death. Well, I wouldn't say all the kids are scared, just Stephanie. Both stories are good, but Michelle is, a, uh, Michelle is adorable and is and a very good actress for that age. The other story is funny, too. All right. Seven out of ten. Becky and the Wolfman. This is the title for this review by Mitch RMP. This review is February 24th, 2014. Though it doesn't seem realistic, this is a pretty cute episode. I can't believe a two-year-old would be falling head over, heelers, head over heels for a boy, but it still made the episode cute. Things are really warming between Jesse and Becky for the rest of the show. We pretty much see the two together. There are a few brief breakups along the way. We see the couple's first fight here as they argue over what to name their kids. Personally, I think it is the highlight of the episode. Kimmy and DJ want to watch an old, scary movie, and Jesse lets Stephanie. Though Becky doesn't think it will be a good idea. We see humorously that it's not an, in an after-dark scene that pretty much gets the whole family involved in Stephanie's nightmare and puts poor old Mr. Bear right in the middle. Ah, that's right, Mr. Bear gets uh, stuck in the middle with uh, Stephanie and DJ yanking on either arm. Alright, but of course, before I officially get into the episode, I like to let any new listeners know, my Tanner newbies, thank you for hopping aboard the Tanner train. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. If you want to find the podcast on social media, you can just jump on Facebook, type in Full House Podcast or Full House Podcast in the search bar. The All My Land to Holy Chalupas podcast will pop up. Also on Instagram, OMHC, Full House Fuller House Pod. And on Twitter, OMHC, Full House, I believe. <laughs> so that way you guys can get an idea of what episodes I'm doing next. I don't go, I, as you can see clearly, I don't go Episode by episode, season by season, that's not how I do things. I like to do a series of episodes based on either a character or a holiday or a general theme. So, of course, with it being February and Valentine's Day, I'm like, you know what? I want to do a Tanner Girls in Love theme. I think it would be cute. Of course, I also do episodes dedicated to Full House and Fuller House cast members that are going to be having birthdays. This month, we do have Jodie Sweden, who is celebrating a birthday. The episode I've chosen from her from Full House is Middle Age Crazy, also from Season 2. Adam Hagenbu, who plays Jimmy Gibbler Jr. This will be the first time that I will be doing a birthday episode for him, and I believe the one I've chosen to do for Jimmy, even though it does center on Jimmy and Stephanie, I believe it's going to be from season four or three, Surrogate City, where they're looking for a surrogate for, to help them have a baby. So we all know it's going to be Kimmy. We all know that. <laughs> of course, the places to find the podcast to listen to. SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Podbean. 
the podcast is not on Spotify. I'm sorry. I don't have any plans in the future to put that up there. Also giving you a heads up that this is one of the Full House podcasts that is a family-friendly, safe-to-listen-to-with-your-kids-around podcast. I wanted to be that alternative choice. Also, if you have opinions, comments on episodes I've done or episodes I plan to do in the future, you want to get your voice heard on the podcast, I would love to hear from you. There are two ways you can do this. You can send an email to the podcast email, which is omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. I will link the episode address. I will put that in the episode description, as I always do. Also, if you get on the Facebook page and you send a message that way, you can do it that way. If you've been listening for a bit and you want to... know a way to support the show. I don't do Patreon. I don't ask for you guys' money. I don't want your money. I want to give you this content 100% free. The only thing I ask is if you got a sec, jump on the old iTunes, leave a review. All five-star reviews do help the podcast get noticed by other Full House and Fuller House fans like yourselves. All right, without further ado, let's jump into Season 2's Baby Love. Now, I do believe that they do, at this point, have been starting the cold opens before the show, so. But then again, it could be wrong. Let's find out. Oh, no, we got a cold open. Ah, look at the little Sharpay puppy. Oh, look at his wrinkly face. It's so cute. So, yeah, Kimmy brought over three wrinkly, adorable... Blonde, tan, whatever color you want to call them, beige, Sharpay puppies. And they're so cute. So, yeah, this is, I believe, yeah, Michelle's first interaction with a puppy. Because we won't get Puppy Comet until season three. Oh, they look so cute. I bet the girls had a fun time holding those puppies. I bet it's like, oh, puppies. Even though it's only for the cold open. And Kimmy, who's holding one, said, say hi to them fast before my mom sells them for a bundle. Now, if you guys know Full House, like I know Full House, Kimmy's mom definitely is in the dog business because she's got the Sharpays. Breeding the Sharpays, and then in season five, she brings over Coco, her standard poodle, and I'm just, oh yeah, and she, her mom apparently has a lab, because Kimmy says, hurry, we gotta do this fast, because, you know, she was showing off Coco's talent, which is singing Polly Wally Doodle on the Day, or something like that. And hurry, we gotta do this fast before my mom wakes up and finds Coco missing from the lab. The lab, guys! That house has a lab in it. Wow. (laughs) So, she's not only in the Sharpay breeding business, but eventually she gets into the standard poodle breeding business. Either breeding bis- Oh, that's right! I haven't covered the episode The Volunteer yet, but- (laughs) <laughs> Kimmy says if Coco and Comet get married, we could be they we could be in-laws. I'm like just thinking about it now, like, oh Kimmy, oh Kimmy, you don't even know, sweetie. You don't even know. 
I see watching this Full House episodes, and I see Stephanie, like, uh, you know, and Kimmy kind of throwing insults at each other. I'm like, but she's going to be your surrogate. She's going to help you and Jimmy have a baby. Jimmy being her younger brother we never see on Full House. You're going to be a gibbler. Steph, you're going to be a gibbler. <laughs> but it's so adorable. When I'm hanging out with the puppies, like, hey, let's teach them some tricks. Like, come on, roll over. And Michelle <laughs> rolls over. And DJ says, Michelle, you would make a great dog. And that is pretty much the cold open. because they're Sharpay puppies. I had looked this up before because, you know, we all think Sharpays are cute with the wrinkles, right? Okay. Sharpay coat care. Overall, Sharpay grooming doesn't require too much effort and likewise maintaining these dogs' coats isn't especially time-consuming. The short. Bristly coats shed regularly and will need brushing once or twice per week to help collect dead hairs. Neither do these dogs need frequent bathing once every couple months or so it's fine. But the wrinkles on their skin, see this is important guys. The wrinkles on their skin will need to be cleaned weekly to keep them from developing yeast or fungal infections. After baths, the wrinkles will need to be dried completely to avoid infections too. <clears throat> the Sharpay short coat doesn't need haircuts. Also, this breed has notoriously sensitive skin, so check for bumps, scratches, or hives. They also recommend using a grooming mitt or a brush with gentle rubber bristles for Sharpay puppies' coats. But yeah, I mean, we love the wrinkly dogs, but those wrinkles need tentative special care to make sure the puppy's health stays good. I just wanted to bring that up. Like, yeah, I want to bring that up. If you didn't know, you got to take care of the wrinkles. All right, so we come out of the intro. We're in the living room, and they have got an array of plants, big potted plants. Well, they're not all big potted plants, but there's at least four of them there. And, of course, they do have newspaper underneath them. One of them is on the bigger one. The biggest pot of them all is actually on a little circular plant holder with wheels underneath it, which I think is cool. I swear, I when I worked at the floral department for a short amount of time at Meyer back in um, 2000, I, I swear I think I saw something like that. So, Joey, of course, has taken to naming the big one Scooby-Doo, and he has Michelle there with an adorable little toy watering can, flower watering can, 
And he says, well, I'm going to water Scooby-Doo here. Do you want to water your plants, Scrappy-Doo? He said, he, <laughs> I can't do Scooby-Doo to save my life. Water? Water me, Michelle. See, I can't, I can't do Scooby. I love Scooby, but I can't do his voice. So he's like, water me, Michelle. And she, of course, takes her watering can and starts watering Joey's shoe. Uh, well, she's too. You did say water me. She's not going to differentiate your... You doing the voice of a character versus you yourself. She's only two. Jesse comes in. They've got the TV on a little rolling TV stand. And this is just pure Olsen twin here. I get it. Some kids, little you know, girls, when they would wear dresses, are like, I'm going to pull my dress. Exactly what Michelle, or I should say, this is a Mary-Kate or Ashley move. This is not the move of Michelle Tanner. So as Jesse's wheeling the t TV over to the couch, she tells him we gotta watch Danny and Becky's show because she's going to give me her special patented wink as a code to let me know if I have a date with her tonight or if I don't. He says one wink for yes, two winks for no. Joey, of course, was like, you know, if she gets something caught in her eye, you two could end up engaged. Wow, is he already jumping to the season two finale? <laughs> like, we're not there yet, Joe. We're not there yet, buddy. However, I did cover the season two finale during January last year. When I was covering the Jesse and Becky A Love Story arc. So, Danny and Becky appear, and Jesse sees Becky blink. He's like, is that a wink or a blink? And Joey says, I don't know, I was looking at her legs. <laughs> and Jesse looks like, excuse me, you're talking about my girlfriend. Well, no, actually, no, they wouldn't be boyfriend-girlfriend yet. They're just kind of casually, you know, dating each other. They haven't made it official at this point. But then again, now that I'm thinking on it, <coughs> excuse me, maybe they have. Because I'm looking back at the DVDs here, at the episodes, and I'm looking at a little romance when Jesse, Joey, and Danny, they're doing the bachelor auction. And... At the end of the episode, Becky does finally admit she does have feelings for Jesse, and maybe we should see where it goes. Of course, now, if we move up to episode 14 of season 2 with the little shop of sweaters, Jesse and Becky are going on a date, but they're not 100%. They might be semi-official-ish, but maybe at this point they're just kind of casually dating here and there. But at some point, they must be officially dating, because we know in season three, with breaking up, it's hard to do in 22 minutes, that they actually break up. So, gosh, what episode would you say that officiated their dating? I'm going to say, I kind of want to go with a little romance, because she's the one that said we should maybe give it a try and, you know, date each other, but I didn't think that they meant exclusively until Little Shop of Sweaters. <clears throat> so Becky, of course, 
says, before we bring our first guest out, I thought it would be fun to see San Francisco viewed from the eyes of a tourist from the Midwest. Now, she says Mr. Anderson, so of course the viewers are probably expecting an adult man to show up on screen. And out toddles blonde-haired Howie. This is Howie before we get to Howie 2.0, where he's played by a brunette, curly, mulleted boy. <laughs> and Becky picks him up, puts him on her lap. But now looking at it, now, we, now knowing that this role of Howie the blonde-haired toddler is played by two girls. It's like, you can't not see it now. You you look. It's like, no, I can see. You know, even I had short hair as a little kid for a short amount of time. As soon as we see Howie on screen, we flash to Michelle as she goes, ooh. So I love how Danny's trying to conduct a little mini interview here with Howie. Says, well, what brings you to San Francisco? And Howie says, mommy. <laughs> and Becky tells Howie to say hi to the Bay Area. He's like, hi, Bay. <laughs> and Michelle, of course, thinks Howie's waving, especially to her. And she's, howie, howie, hi, howie. <laughs> Becky is just so elated to have her little nephew there. Like, oh, Howie came all the way from Nebraska to visit his Aunt Becky. Danny, of course, wants to keep things professional as he says, well, hold it now. This is your nephew. You said tourist. <laughs> and it, oh, no, I paused it right as Becky's got this nervous, like, uh, I mean, uh. <laughs> and she says, yes, uh, my nephew, the tourist. <laughs> she says to Howie, Howie, before you give us our your impressions of the city, wave to Grandma Rose and Grandpa Wilbur, and they're both waving. <laughs> we cut again to Michelle as she says, Howie, cute. And Danny is all like, oh, Rebecca, this is a shameless display to use our talk show to talk to your family. Isn't that right, Mom, Dad, Cousin Ed? I'd be like, oh, um, Danny, if I remember correctly, and I believe I do, yeah, it was season one when you were a sportscaster, and it was, what was that episode? It was season one. Let me give it a look-see look here. I know, I'll find it. I will. <laughs> Where is it? Let's see. Half a Love Story. Yes, season one, episode 14. Jesse comes onto the set of Danny's news broadcast, says, I can't watch Michelle. Joey's doing something, you know, picking up the girls or whatever. And I gotta go kill some bugs. Here, you take her. And Danny's holding baby Michelle while he's doing a sports cast. <laughs> yeah. Enough said there, Danny. And Becky apologizes. She's like, sorry, Danny. I thought it'd be a nice Jess wink. 
Jer. <laughs> That's so subtle, huh? <laughs> Jesse, if you missed that cue, I don't know. I can't help you, man. So she gave a wink, wink, which is definitely a no, but for whatever reason, Jesse takes that as a yes. Okay. He says, hot dog, Joseph, a double wink. Chill that champagne. No, I'm thinking she probably gave a double wink, as in, my sister's in town with my nephew. I haven't seen her in a hot minute. I want to go hang with my sis. So, yeah. That's probably why, I mean, any other time, sure, they can go out on a date. It's like, my sister flew in all the way from Nebraska with my nephew. I gotta see, I gotta get my sister time in, Jess. You understand, don't you? So, Becky kind of hustles Howie, like, all right, Howie, you're out of here. Blow a kiss to San Francisco. Mwah! And Michelle said, Mwah! <laughs> Uh, but they definitely, it's like they see this little mini baby crush that Michelle's got. And they, Jesse and Joey run with that. Like, get those cookies out of the stove. They're piping hot. Hey, Michelle, I'm watering my big plant Scooby-Doo. You water your little plant Scrappy-Doo. <laughs> I'm thirsty, Michelle. Water me. Water me. <laughs> well, you did say water you, didn't you, Joey? gives Danny when he says well next up we'll get some real guests on here and she kind of shoots him a look like really are you saying my nephew is not a real guest <laughs> so yeah wake up San Francisco goes to commercial Jesse picks up Michelle 
It's like, well, Joseph looks like our little girl Michelle here has her very first crush. And Joey asks Michelle, you think Howie's cute? And Michelle says, nice boy. Which, I mean, yes, this episode is played for laughs and enjoyment and everything like that. I mean, they're not... I mean, they do use the term boyfriend a lot when referring to Howie and Michelle. There are some that are like, oh, this is cute, and there are others, and I'm kind of on the fence, like, it is cute, but it does feel a smidge inappropriateness. Like, sometimes when you see pictures on Facebook, people posting of their kids that are, like, two, and then their friend has a child of the opposite sex, or just saying, oh, like, oh, my little so-and-so has a girlfriend or a boyfriend, and they're, like, two. And it just, it's kind of weird. It just, I mean, I think that term is a little too much to be using on a kid that's two or three years old. I mean, Michelle, of course, doesn't get the context. All right, now we go up to Michelle's room, and boy, that's right, because she just has the crib right now, because she's two, she doesn't have a big girl bed. And she's sitting at this, no, she's standing at this little table with a couple toys, and Jesse and Joey come in, you kind of see Jesse motioning to someone outside, stay right there, stay right there. And Jesse says, Michelle, do you know who's right outside that door, young lady? And Michelle says, I don't know. Michelle's eating Barnum's Animal Crackers. Now, this is in 1989. Fresh in 1989. And this would have been, of course, before when the animals on the cover of the Barnum Animal Crackers box were in cages. Now they're not. They're free. So this is kind of cute. Jesse kind of pretends with Joey like, oh, tell Michelle the bachelor she chose for her dream date. <laughs> I love how Joey plays game show host here. He's like, well, he's two foot nine and he has blonde hair and baby blue eyes. He also adds how he hails from Valentine, Nebraska, and his hobbies are playing with his food and hiding his shoes in the toilet. Say hello to Howie Anderson! So Becky brings in Howie, and immediately Michelle's got stars in her eyes. Her face just brightens up immediately. She's like, Howie! It's almost because she saw him on TV, and it's like, here he is live in person. So, Becky has Howie say hi to Michelle, and this is where Howie does not look like he is two. Howie looks like he is three. Granted, again, like I said, the role of Howie's played by two twin girls, but his vocab is top-notch. And Michelle says, hi, Howie. And Joey tells, yeah, I know what you're thinking, Michelle. He's a lot taller in person. So she goes over and hands him a cookie. Says, here's a monkey. Which, this, of course, makes me think of when Jesse came to Michelle's preschool class. And it's the whole a pinch for a pinch episode where 
She's got a cookie. Aaron takes it from her. She pinches him. He pinches her. No, actually, wait. He pinches her, and I think she pinches him. Okay, yeah. But this here, this is a friendly exchange. I gotta say, I like Howie's outfit. It's a red, white, and blue windbreaker jacket with gray... I can't tell if those are sweatpants or, like, um gray overalls. Oh, they're gray overalls because they have like a red, white, and blue little blonde-haired boy on the pant leg and then on the front there's like a little picture. So Danny brings in DJ and Michelle. D Ugh. I mean DJ and Stephanie. <laughs> Sorry, Michelle's already in the room. What's wrong with me? Danny even says, you know, I want to introduce you to Michelle's new boyfriend, Howie. Oh, he says very first boyfriend. Look how DJ so nonchalant. Like, hey, kid. And Stephanie says, hi, Howie. Oh, I love Stephanie's overalls, the Oshkosh Bagosh, but they're like pink and white pinstripes. And DJ, of course, is wearing a long sleeve shirt. It's gray and white stripes. All about the stripes for some reason. <laughs> but it says Ski Alps, A-L-P-E-S. I thought Alps was just A-L-P-S, but what is that? It looks like golden leaves. I don't know. This clearly is not a sweater that you would find in a store. It's clearly of the wardrobe department. And how are we always at? Hey, girls! And Stephanie's like, oh, yeah, now Michelle has a boyfriend and I have a boyfriend. And Stephanie looks at DJ and is like, well, two out of three isn't bad. <laughs> so, of course, when Stephanie refers to herself as having a boyfriend, she's talking about her friend, Harry Takayama. I love how she looks. DJ just looks down at Stephanie like, you had to go there, didn't you? <laughs> and Stephanie just smiles. <laughs> I love Stephanie's braided pigtails. They're so cute. Before DJ walks out of the room, she looks at Danny and asks, Dad, was she really necessary? And I'm kind of thinking, I think in more of the facts, like, was she really necessary? Like, did you have to go and have a second kid after me? <laughs> So, Danny asked Jesse if he can watch the kids because Joey's got a set at the laugh machine and Danny just wants to go because he gets in free. Oh, he's, Danny says, because I love his act and I get in free. So, does Danny get the good, the best friend discount? Like, oh, he's Joey's plus one. Like, you can invite anyone you want, one person for free, and the rest are all, you know, we got to pay the cover charge at the door. So, yeah. Jesse, of course, brings up that Becky and he were supposed to go out tonight. So Becky says, you know, why don't I just bring Howie back here? I can give my sister a break on her last night in town. So I was under the impression that Becky was going to go hang out with her sister. It's been a bit since I watched the episode. I'm like, no. Otherwise, how are Jesse and Becky going to have that baby name argument later? 
I love how she's standing behind Jesse. She's got her hand on either side of his, on his shoulders. And I gotta say, Jesse looks good in that blue shirt. She says, the kids can play, and <laughs> she seductively lowers her head to his face. She says, well, later on, you and I can play. <laughs> oh, Becky! You naughty girl. The audience loves that, especially when Jesse's oh, have mercy. <laughs> Jesse leans down to Michelle and says, you hear that, Michelle? It's our first double date. <laughs> and she, of course, is all about Howie as she says, camel. And she actually puts it in Howie's mouth. Jesse goes over, takes <laughs> he, he's getting this from Michelle. Takes it and puts it in Becky's mouth, this animal cracker. He says, elephant. <laughs> and he puts it in Becky's mouth. She takes it out and she's like, uh. Well, I see where Michelle picked up that little trick. <laughs> and Jesse says, hey, I got it from the kid. I love it. Not only Becky, but Danny and Joey all kind of do the like, Head nod. I'm like, uh, yeah, come on, Jess. We're not believing you. And Jesse's like, ask her! <laughs> Michelle just looks at him and shakes her head like, uh-uh. <laughs> you gave me that one, buddy. Right there. Wait right there. Michelle, do you know who's right outside that door, young lady? I don't know. And then Joey, tell Michelle about the bachelor she chose for her dream date. Well, he's two foot nine and has blonde hair and baby blue eyes. He hails from Valentine, Nebraska, where his hobbies are playing with his food and hiding his shoes in the toilet. Michelle, say hello to Howie Anderson. Howie! Howie, say hi to Michelle. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Howie. I know what you're thinking, Michelle. He's a lot taller in person. Monkey. Girls, I'd like you to meet Michelle's very first boyfriend, Rebecca's nephew, Howie. Hi, kid. Hi, Howie. Hi, girls. He's cute, Michelle. Now you have a boyfriend, and I have a boyfriend, and... Well, two out of three is not bad. <laughs> Dad, is she really necessary? Jess, can you watch the kids tonight? I want to catch Joey's set down at the laugh machine because I love his act. And I get in free. <laughs> well, Becky and I are supposed to go out tonight. No, that's okay. I could bring Howie back here. Mm -hmm. That way I can give my sister a break on her last night in town. The kids can play, and later you and I can play. <laughs> Have mercy. You hear that, Michelle? It's our very first double date. Terrible. See where Michelle picked up that little trick? Say, I got it from the kid. Yeah, right. No. All right, so now we're in the girls' room. I'm not sure what DJ is doing, whether she's doing a project for school, she's cutting up construction paper, and Stephanie 
being the little sibling here, which yes, I'm sure they can be annoying. I was that little sibling. Um, he's playing with a ping pong paddle thing, one of the, with the ball on the string, and. I can see DJ is getting extremely irritated because Stephanie, she's trying to figure out how to do it by trying to, you're supposed to try to get the ball to hit the paddle like repeatedly and get a, a good um, rhythm going. But she's like, <laughs> it's almost like if this were like one of those ball in a cup type of a scenario, trying to get the ball that's on a string in the cup. But she's doing it literally right in DJ's face. And you just see DJ is just like, seriously, Stephanie, can you not? Like, nobody wants somebody standing next to them with a a ping pong paddle and just a, like, inches from your face. <laughs> Stephanie holds it up because she clearly can't figure it out. She's like, that thing's broken. DJ, who's holding scissors, just goes and snips the the string and like, there, it's fixed. And I love how Stephanie says, good, because it was yours. <laughs> Here comes Kimmy, and she is so excited. She's so excited, she races in the room. I got it, the all-time monster classic. And when she says classic, guys, she means classic. This is 1989, so she brought over The Wolfman, not the remake <laughs> from 2010 with Benicio Del Toro. Or Anthony Hopkins. No, it's the one from... No, wait, that's a Fury of the Wolfman. I don't... What, there, there was a sequel? No, just... Well, maybe it's just called Wolfman. Is it called... Ryan Gosling? Are they making a... <laughs> they're making another one? Wolfman Jack. Who's that guy? Ooh, Freaky. Um... Come on, seriously, I'm looking for the Wolfman, the old movie. Come on now, I'm spelling it right. Wolf, like a wolf and then a man? Or is it wolf and then man are two separate words? The Wolfman. Okay, two separate words, not Wolfman shoved together. Okay, gotcha. 1941. So, yes, this movie is over 40-something years old in 1989. It's a lot older now. Um, I do remember wanting to check this out. Jeremy, around Halloween, was it just before? He got a bunch of those old classic movies like The Pride of Frankenstein, Frankenstein, um, The Hot... Let me go grab them. Actually, I had to go get some water, too, because uh, I actually went out for a walk today. Let me shut this door here. But, uh, yeah, I went out for a walk today. I don't know how long, but I went for almost two miles. And that's a first. It was like 65 out. Anyway, okay, so I grabbed the stack. And he ordered, like, a bunch of these Blu-rays. I don't know how much they cost, but they're all the old black and white films. We got Dracula Complete Legacy Collection. Good golly. There's The Mummy Collection. There's Frankenstein. 
There, here we go. Oh my, the collection. Oh, we got Invisible Man, Creature from the Black Lagoon. Let's check this Wolfman thing. What do we got here? The Wolfman, 1941. Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. Um, Werewolf of London, She-Wolf of London. Oh, good grief. Oh, some like stinkers. What in the world? There's pictures here. Yeah, because that Wolfman's going to be wearing a, uh, a button down. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But, yeah, I mean, I rented that once, I think, from the library. Like, I want to see what this is about. I had never watched it. And I put it in. I'm like, hold on. How, much, how long is this Wolfman film? That's what I'm curious about. An hour and ten minutes. So it's like the length of Bambi. <laughs> I remember putting the movie in and just being like, oh great, I'm going to watch The Wolfman. And it's about this man who goes to this. Okay, here we go. Here's the, okay. Larry Talbot returns to his father's castle in Wales and meets a beautiful woman one fateful night. Talbot escorts her to a local carnival where they meet a mysterious gypsy fortune teller. Wow. Uh, here's another synopsis, and I'll get back to it. Upon the death of his brother, Larry Talbot returns from America to his ancestral home in Wales. He visits a, visits a gypsy camp with village girl Jenny Williams, who is attacked by Bella, a gypsy who turned into a werewolf. Larry kills the werewolf, but is bitten during the fight. Bella's mother tells him that this will cause him to become a werewolf at each full moon. Larry confesses his plight to his unbelieving father, Sir John, who then joins the villagers in a hunt for the wolf. Transformed by the full moon, Larry heads to the, for the forest and a faithful meeting with both Sir John and Gwen Conliffe. I just remember when I watch it, I was like, I was bored. I'm like, when is the, like, when's it going to get going? All just Larry Talbot and whoever are sitting there yakking about the fact that his father, I've already forgotten. Anyway, yeah, and I could see these kids probably like, do we have the remote for the VCR? Can I kind of like, uh, let's move this plot along. You know, it's supposed to be an action. It's supposed to be horror. Well, the horror pretty much is, like, the back half of the movie. I mean, and these kids, I don't think they're going to care about uh, dowries and inheritances and wills and lawyers and all that hoopla poopla. I mean, like, give me the remote. Give me, give, give the remote here. Okay, let's see. Get through. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Now it's getting going. Okay, good. Because everything that they see towards the end with the whole wolfman and everything and the lady and whatnot, that happens like towards the close to the end of the movie. And the movie's only 70 minutes long. Now, Kimmy does not have her own personal copy of it, which makes sense. She got it from a video store or a library because it's got like that hard plastic clamshell case. You know how you take a movie up and then you exchange it for the rental box. That's the thing when you walk into a video store and just hope that the movie you want is going to be behind placeholder. 
If you're going to the video store Friday, Saturday night, and you're thinking you get get the latest release that came out Tuesday, you got another thing coming. There was somebody, when I worked in the video store, we always put our movies out after midnight Monday night. There was somebody who waited till midnight because they wanted to see the movie the day after with Jake Gyllenhaal that came out in like 04 or 03, one of them. I just remember people calling and asking for the day after. Oh no, the day after tomorrow is what came out. Anyway, and someone's calling for the day after, which is that TV movie about a, uh... The day after tomorrow came out in 04, day after came out in 83. The effects of a devastating nuclear holocaust on a small town, on small town residents of eastern Kansas. I remember, I don't remember the TV, you know, airing of it because I was like one, <laughs> but I do remember renting it from the video store and I just remember people asking, do you have the day after? I'm like, yeah, we have the day after, not the day after tomorrow, but the day after. Sure. You want to see that movie? <laughs> Another one of those end of the world type films. Gosh, the late nineties was chock full of those things. Armageddon. Deep Impact was another one. Independence Day, kind of those dis end of the world disaster films. DJ grabs the movie from Kimmy's, and she's so excited. All right, Stephanie grabs it from DJ and says, "All right," you know, because she's a little kid, she wants to do what her big sister does. And DJ rips the movie out of Stephanie's hand, and she says, "All wrong. You are not watching this movie." Yes, DJ's like, you're not going to watch this movie with us. And I don't think it's a matter of it's too scary, because we'll get to that in a minute. It's the fact that me and Kimmy are going to hang out. We're going to watch a movie. That's what we're going to do. You, little sister, are not invited. Of course, Stephanie's like, yes, I am. It's my house, too. So DJ kind of shuts the book on this conversation. She says, this is too scary for you, and this conversation is over. A couple movies that I watched probably around when I was, like, Stephanie's age weren't considered horror movies, to, but to me they scared me. One movie in particular, of course, you're probably going to laugh when I tell you this. Little Shop of Horrors, the movie with Rick Moranis. I know you're probably like, it's a comedy, it's a musical. It creeped me out because Rick Moranis' character was giving that plant you know, his, his blood, you know, he was, the plant was sucking on its blood from his finger, and it freaked me out, it just, oh, it scared me so much, I never saw the end of the film, even as an adult now, I avoid it, because it just, it's, it freaks me out, The Burbs, another one, yes, I know it's a comedy, but it just freaked me out, especially towards the end, um, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom towards the end. My dad was watching that and he kind of laughed at me. Like, what are you so scared of? Like, yeah, like that movie wouldn't scare a little, little kid. Probably younger than me. I was like seven. Six or seven at the time. Of course, my sister showed me the movie The Witches when I was seven and that frightened me. But the one movie, and I swear I'm going to get back to the episode, but... This movie in particular gave me nightmares for a very, very long time as a child. It's called Love, Lies, and Murder. It was a 
I don't know whether it was a TV movie, but it, or maybe it was a miniseries. It came out in 91, so I would have been about eight, nine years old. But this movie gave me nightmares for a long, long time. My sister was always taping movies off the TV. And when my sister moved out, she left her VHS taped off the TV collection. And I took that movie and I went to the burn barrel in our yard and I burned that movie. And voila, nightmares gone forever. Well, about that. But, <clears throat> all right, let's get back. I just, yeah. Because this just kind of play into Stephanie with this plot B here with the Wolfman movie. So Stephanie will not be deterred as she takes the movie back from DJ. She says, we'll see about that. And she goes, Uncle Jesse, Uncle Jesse. And Jesse and Becky come in. And of course, Kimmy has to say, she is such a tattletale. She says that to, to DJ. And of course, Stephanie's like, I am not, and I'm telling you said that. I'm like, you know who she reminds, uh, who Stephanie reminds me of here? <laughs> Cindy Brady. <laughs> I think it's the braids. <laughs> They're just like giving me, yeah, and the fact that Cindy Brady was a big tattletale. And I kind of was a tattletale too when I was little. Yeah, I'm not proud of that. So yeah, Jesse and Becky come in, and he's like, hey, what's all the ruckus? What's going on? And Stephanie says, they can't, they say I can't watch The Wolfman. And Jesse's like, wow, The Wolfman, this is a great flick. We get a Don King reference as Jesse says, this guy's got scarier hair than Don King. And Stephanie says, I, I gotta see this movie. And DJ says, you're too, you're too young. DJ reminds Stephanie, remember when you watched The Blob? You wouldn't go near Jello for a month. Stephanie counters with, so I watched the, the Wizard of Oz and I wasn't scared of the Wicked Witch of the West. She turns to Jesse and Becky and does that, dun, 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 and he you know, with her fingers, <laughs> does an impression of the Wicked Witch of the West. <laughs> she says, see, I'm cool. <laughs> Jesse kind of laughs at that, but Becky does have concerns. She says, Jess, maybe she should wait until she's a little older. Okay, I got a question to ask y'all. Do you think a horror movie is scarier if if it's in color or scarier if it's in black and white? Like, it seemed like the horror movies back in the day used more like um blood gut scares like they do nowadays with those saw movies, which I will never ever watch ever, but more like jump scares and stuff like that. Or even, hey, look at the Blair Witch Project movie. There was no bones, there was no bones, maybe a little. But it spooked you because the idea of being lost in the woods and not being able to find your way out. I mean, what what is your preference for horror movie? Is it the blood and guts kind or is it the psychological kind? Or is it good old-fashioned jump scares? I mean, look at Paranormal Activity. If you took out all the swears between the Blair Witch and the paranormal activity and the adult stuff, I, I, I think Stephanie could handle that. I don't know. I think she could. Here's another question. Stephanie, 
Do you think... If she got scared by the Wolfman, do you think she would be able to watch Gremlins? Because I know the, you know, parents in the theaters were having to take their kids out because, you know, they got freaked out by uh, the Gremlins. I mean, Gizmo was soft and cuddly and everything. And they went in expecting, oh, soft and cuddly, Gizmo. And then seeing these creepy reptilian looking Gremlins. Do you think Stephanie would get scared by the Gremlins movie? Not Gremlins 2, but the first one. <clears throat> so Jesse's like, oh, they can handle it. Yeah, the older girls can. Jesse gives Steph a little tip. Like, the key to watching the Wolfman is that he's just a regular guy that gets a little hairy when the moon comes out. Oh, he says, eh, just a regular guy that gets a little cranky when the moon comes out. Um, here's another fun question here. Do you think it would have made a difference if they watched the movie in the afternoon with the lights on, when it's daylight, or because they wanted to make it a nice spooky, you know, that's the whole thing about, hey, we're watching a scary movie, let's turn the lights off so it's pitch dark out and you can't see anything but the screen in front of you. In October, there are some movies, it's like afterwards, I mean, I will have the light on while I'm watching it, but then as I'm going down the hall, I'll start flipping lights on in rooms as I'm going along. <laughs> and I did this as a kid. When I had to shut my light off, I would run and jump into my bed. Did any of you do that as a kid? I love how Kimmy and DJ just roll their eyes at Jesse. So Jesse just finds this hilarious as Becky pulls him out of the room to have a talk with him. He's like, <laughs> I slay myself. But yeah, The Blob came out in 58, and then 30 years later, they came out with, in 1988, another Blob film. Oh, God. This one's rated 6.5. What's the original rated? 6.4. So the remake is a point higher than the original. Apparently there's one that's in development with Samuel L. Jackson. Oh my goodness. It's getting so irritated. This thing's broken. No, it's not. You're doing it wrong. Don't aim it at someone's there, face. Fixed. <laughs> Good. Because it's yours. I got it. The all-time monster classic. The Wolfman. All right. All right. All wrong. <laughs> You're not going to watch this movie with us. Yes, I am. It's my house, too. <laughs> this is too scary for you, and this conversation is over. We'll see about that. Uncle Jesse! Uncle Jesse! She is such a tattletale. I am not. Stop telling you said that. It's all the ruckus in here. The Wolfman. Oh, the Wolfman. Great <laughs> flick. This guy's got scarier hair than Don King. Just put it in and fast forward it to the end. This movie. You're too young. <coughs> Remember when you watched The Blob? You wouldn't go near Jello for a month. <laughs> so, I watched The Wizard of Oz and I wasn't afraid of the Wicked Witch of the West. <laughs> See, I'm cool. <laughs> <laughs> Just maybe she should wait till she's a little older. Come on, they can handle it. Be the key to watching the moon. <laughs> she even rolled her eyes like a guy that gets a little cranky when the moon comes out. 
I slay myself. You'll be, you'll be sorry. The wolf mat is gonna scare you big time. Oh come you on! You don't scare me. Nothing will. <laughs> she laughs. Sorry. <laughs> so Kimmy says you'll be sorry. The Wolfman's gonna scare you big time. <laughs> and I love Stephanie. She says, "If you don't scare me, nothing will." <laughs> yeah, she says, "If you don't scare me, nothing will." And the DJ just laughs. She, oh, sorry, Kimmy looks at her like. <laughs> Just be happy they're not making stinky feet, feet jokes yet. That's going to come in, like, three seasons. And you'll never get it. Well, she eventually must have something done because no one's making stinky feet jokes in Fuller House about Kimmy that I can remember. I love how the audience is like, woo! <laughs> like, way to go. Even DJ is like, <laughs> standing next to her she's <laughs> so we go across the hall to jesse's room and becky of course is voicing her opinion saying i don't think that stephanie's old enough to watch the wolfman i'm just looking at um this one scene from the wolfman on youtube and some comments someone says oh this is larry Tel not the larry talbot i don't think I think this might be the only werewolf movie in which a wolf, the moon never actually appears. It's mentioned, but we never see it. One thing they never addressed was when he became the wolf man, he apparently put on a button-up shirt and lost the tank top. <laughs> okay, this is the last one. <laughs> and his Davy Crockett raccoon hat slash wig. <laughs> Where did Wolfman get these clothes, Old Navy? <laughs> okay, I'm going to get back to the episode. <laughs> it's funny that things are probably scared us as a kid we can look at now like when I watched The Witches as an adult and I'm just like what it, it bordered more on corny dialogue and it just the performance of the Grand Witch was just like I was scared by this Jesse, of course, kind of shrugs it off, like, hey, it's just a fun old monster movie, don't worry about it. And Becky asks, what's fun about a guy with a lot of hair who bites people? And Jesse says, come over here and I'll show you. <laughs> well, Becky is not letting this go. She, this is what gets this baby name conversation going when she asks, Jess, are you telling me you'd let your kids watch anything they wanted? And Jesse says, well, I make sure that little Dustin knows the difference between real and make-believe. And Becky says, yes, but what if... And then she pauses and looks at him. And she just arched eyebrow raise. Dustin? And she says, you would name a kid Dustin? And Jesse says, yeah, you got a better name? And she tells him, I sure do, Emily. And Jesse, I like how he uses the term ours. He says, no son of ours is going to be called Emily. And she says, our daughter would be called Emily. Our son's name will be Prescott. And Jesse is like, Prescott? Ugh. When I think Prescott, I think Preston from Blank Check. That's the first thing that comes to mind. 
they are wrong on all three counts. Their sons' names, and I say sons because they have twins, are Nikki and Alex, and their future daughter will be named Pamela. Strike three. And the way Jesse's like, Prescott? Almost like he bit into something sour and disgusting. He says, may as well name him Emily. So they get into an argument. Our son is going to be called Prescott. No, our son is going to be called Dustin. And then Jesse finally is like, when do we have a kid? Becky kind of laughs. I don't know. I'm sorry I missed it. <laughs> and she and Jesse sit down on his bed and he's like, oh, I'm embarrassed. So she tells him, I'll make you a deal. We won't name our kids until we've been dating at least three months. They haven't even been dating for 90 days yet. Granted, when they've been dating for six months, they end up, at the end of the season, going to Reno and, well, their, excuse me, their intention was not to get married, but, you know, things get hated and, you know, there's passion and you're just like, we're in Reno, Nevada, let's get married. But, yeah, what would you say, honestly, when you're having these conversations, what do you think? you think is the earliest to start talking about your future kids. Especially, I'd say six months to a year. Definitely not three months. At least once you're you're talking about having kids and you're, you're bringing up kids' names, you at least know your partner wants to have children. I like Becky's boots. They don't really go with her red dress with the white flowers. I'm not sure what type of flowers those are, but I don't know. I, they're brown, but I think they're brown. And they're, they go up just like a few inches below the knee. I don't think that Stephanie's old enough to watch The Wolfman. Oh, come on. It's just a fun little monster movie. What's fun about a guy with a lot of hair who bites people? Come here, I'll show you. Jess, are you telling me that you would let your own kids watch anything they wanted? Well, I'd make sure little Dustin knows the difference between real and make-believe, but... Yes, but what if... Dustin? <laughs> you would name a kid Dustin? Yeah, you have a better name? <laughs> I sure do. Emily. No son of ours is going to be called Emily. <laughs> Our daughter's name is Emily. Our son's name is Prescott. Prescott? May as well name him Emily. Our son is going to be called Dustin. Prescott. Dustin. Prescott. Du when did we have a kid? <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry I missed it. <laughs> oh, God, I'm embarrassed. Okay. I'll make you a deal. Mm. We won't name our kids until we've been dating at least three months. All right, that's a fair deal. 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 All right, so it's Wolfman movie watching time. Lights turned down low. There's a lamp there on the end table. Girls got their popping corn in 3D. <laughs> if you guys have seen the Muppets Take Manhattan, you'll get that reference. <laughs> Whenever Jeremy and I, or one of us is like making popcorn or even mention popcorn, we always say, Make popcorn in 3D! <laughs> Kimmy 
of course, has to follow suit and go, and DJ and Stephanie look at her like, really? To Kimmy's credit, she's like, what? I'm into it. Are you telling me as a kid when you first watched the Mighty Ducks movie, you didn't go, quack, 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 quack? Or when you saw Hook, you went, Rufio, Rufio, Rufio. You can't not chant along when you're a kid. It's like you feel like you're part of it. So I like that DJ and Stephanie have different reactions to this scene of this woman in the woods being chased by the wolfman. And DJ's like, watch out, lady, that the wolfman is right behind that tree. Whereas Stephanie is more critical. She's like, what is that woman doing in a li- uh, in a, the woods at night? She should be in a library. Well, we're home asleep in bed. Oh, no, she said she should be in a restaurant. <laughs> Why did I say library? DJ shushes her. So the kids are so engrossed in the movie, they're literally on the edge of their seat. And <laughs> Becky comes in with a tray of soft drinks or pop. I refer to it as pop. She's like, drinks? And everyone's like, ah! And they throw up their little mini paper bowls of popcorn. And Becky is like, this just proves my point. I told you they were, they'd were they be scared. And Jesse tells her, they were scared of you, not the movie. I mean, sorry, I'm sorry, but if you're so engrossed in something and somebody comes up behind you and is like, hey, how's it doing? How's it going? You're telling me that wouldn't, you wouldn't be jumping five feet in the air because you'd be freaked. Come on. You don't do that to somebody when they're engrossed in something. You don't sneak up on people like that. I love what DJ She's like, shh, something's going to happen. The music's getting scarier. Well, thank you, Einstein. Yes, I wouldn't have figured that out myself if you hadn't said anything, DJ. Of course, Jesse has to remind them. Now, you girls all know that this is just make-believe. And they're like, yeah, shush, 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 shush. Of course, when the woman screams upon seeing the wolf man, the girls aren't the only ones that are screaming. Becky and Jesse scream. Jesse actually clings to Becky. <laughs> to Becky. <laughs> I love how Jesse tries to play it cool. Like, you women okay? Good. Enjoy the movie. It's a good flick. Thank you. Excuse me. <laughs> and I love how Becky, like, scoots to the, uh, the couch. Because she's sitting on the, the little ottoman thing. She, like, scoots onto the edge of the couch by Stephanie. They better vacuum up that popcorn before Danny gets home. Because you know in season two, he's kind of his, uh, his clean freak Danny mode. Alright, real quick and I'll play this clip. Um, When I saw Beethoven's second in 1993 in the theater, I was so engrossed. There was a scene where Chris Penn takes a large stick and hits Charles Grodin, Charles Grodin's character... In the stomach with it. And I was so into the movie that I was like, oh my gosh, George, are you okay? I actually said that out loud in the movie. And I was 11 at the time. And looking back on it, I'm just like, oh my gosh. That's just how I get. I get invested in movies. I was reacting like he was a real person. And he was a character in a movie, but that's just me being invested. Kimmy, shut up. Hi, I'm into it. 
Well, be into it in your head. Hey, look out, lady! The wolfman's behind that tree! Why is that woman in the woods at night anyway? Should be in a restaurant. Drinks? Ah! Yeah, don't do that, Becky. I told you they'd be scared. You don't you sneak up on people like that. Duh. You girls all know that this is just make believe, right? Yeah. <laughs> you women okay? Good. All right. Enjoy the movie. It's a good flick. Thank you. Excuse me. So I don't know what time Danny and Joey get back from his set at the laugh machine, but it's clearly late and Michelle and Howie are sleeping in her crib together. It's so cute. He looks like he should be in a big boy bed. That two kids in a crib, especially when they're toddlers, let's... How are you moving without elbowing someone in the stomach? Yeah, Howie is taking up the majority of that crib, and poor Michelle is, like, squeezed into the side. The way her face is kind of scrunched up looks like she's kind of irritated. And Howie does! It's like his arms across his chest, and it's like one false move and he's going to end up um, elbowing poor Michelle right in the chest. And they all look in the crib and just go, aww, aren't they adorable? So, yeah, Becky says, oh, Connie, look at your son. And Connie says, oh, yeah, what a cute couple. Uh, I, I, I don't like that. Jesse says they haven't left each other's side all day. I would have loved to have seen them hanging out together. I mean, sure, about the old plot B kind of sandwiched a good chunk of uh, the episode here, but that would have been fun. All we saw was them exchanging animal crackers. Well, I'm kind of curious as to who was watching them. More than likely, the kids probably went to bed about, what, eight? So they've been sleeping the whole time during the Wolfman movie. So Becky tells her, we better get going, you don't want to miss your plane. And Connie says, yeah, it might take off on time. So I'm kind of curious, like, what Connie might have been doing on her last night in town. I mean, was it just to come and see Becky? Or, I just, I don't know. I mean, to me, I get the impression, Connie just seems to me like she's a single mom. Like, where's her husband, right? Or... I just, I don't know. I'm just curious, like, what is Connie's backstory? Is she married? Is she not? We never know. We never learn. So, Connie reaches in to grab Howie and tells him to wake up. Why do you even really have to wake him up? Just, I remember as a small, small child, I spent the night at my aunt's house, and I do distinctly remember being carried in a blanket out to the car to be, you know, taken home. But I distinctly, yeah, I remember that. It's like, you don't need, I see, sometimes when I would go to the store, I'd see somebody that would be taking their sleeping child into a store. And I'm like, oh, that's going to be fun when the kid wakes up and they're cranky. It's not like they can leave the, can't leave the kid in the car asleep. I'm like, can't do that. That's very irresponsible. But as soon as Connie takes Howie says, all right, buddy, time to go. Wake up. Michelle pops up like a Pop-Tart, and she says, Howie, no go. And it's sad because this is the first interaction she has most likely had 
with a child around her age. She's surrounded by adults and older siblings. She's never conversed with a someone her own age. And I can see her, you know, she had a fun time and she wants to continue that. And she doesn't know that how he has to leave. She probably thought, well, I have a playmate for life here. Like, he's going to live here. He's going to be around. I'll see him all the time. And it's like, no, sweetie, he's got to go home, babe. He's got to go back to Nebraska. And she doesn't know that. She's two. Danny pulls her out of her crib and says, Howie, yes, go. Howie, go back home. And Michelle's Nico. And Danny says, no, little Kimosabi. No, can go to Nebraska. Take many moons. So he sets her down and Connie sets Howie on the ground so they can hug goodbye. And they're hugging each other. And Joey's like, oh, she's hugging already. She's definitely a tanner. So Danny's going to try to pry Michelle's hands out of Howie's and Connie's doing the same thing. Like, they don't want to let go. So now it's like, okay, well, now that that's over, sweetie, you got to go back to sleep. Good night. <laughs> so you take your best friend away and tell her, okay, now go back to sleep since you were so rudely interrupted and awoken. So Joey and Danny walk out like, okay, night, night, bye-bye. They put her back in the crib. And you just see Michelle like, Howie, no bye-bye. Howie, no bye-bye. Like I said, Michelle, too, she doesn't understand. She's just met, you know, her, her, her best friend here. And, and now it's like she doesn't understand that he, he lives many, many states away. And then she won't be able to see him for another two seasons. And he'll be played by a single boy actor with a curly brown mullet. Have you ever had someone stay over and you're just having a great time and then it comes time for them to leave and you're just so sad because like oh we're having so much fun and then you gotta go like back to your normal life and it's just like are you just like that you're like it's nice having someone over to hang out with and everything and just the idea of like you just be that's why I mean it is a bit of a stretch when I say this where that's why I liked hanging out with Jeremy and his mom and going over there instead of, like, going to my apartment by myself and sitting alone. It's like, no, I just, after after that, it's like, I didn't want to be by myself anymore. I wanted to be with people, you know? And I just, I, like, I feel bad for Michelle. And I get that she's two. But this is the first connection she's made with someone else her own age. And, I mean... Like I said, she is two. I really think out of the three guys, they could have come up with something which they won't realize till the end of the episode. It's like, we gotta get her hanging out with kids her own age in a playgroup, something. She should have been doing this probably around year one or so. Get her involved, have play dates, stuff like that. Because, like I said, she's never interacted with another baby before. Isn't that why they have, like, uh, they take puppies to introduce them? And I know I'm comparing Michelle to a puppy. But just the social interaction of learning how to act and be around other puppies and stuff. You learn, you know, the way about it. And the same thing with the babies. You learn how to interact with other babies and stuff and make friends and all that stuff. You know, social development... Is just and mental development is just 
social development is just as important as physical and mental development. Start that socialness early on. Maybe it's not going to be so hard when you're going to school for the first time because you've met some friends and stuff like that along the way. What a cute couple. They haven't left each other's side all day. Well, we better get going. You don't want to miss your plane. You're right. It might accidentally take off on time. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Hallie. Wake up. Time to go. Gotta go. Hallie, no go. Howie, yes, go. Howie, go back home. Me go. No, little Kimosabi. No can go to Nebraska. Take many moons. Okay. Now say goodbye to Howie. Bye, Howie. Well, she's hugging already. She's definitely a tanner. Let's go. Come on. Come on. <laughs> you didn't pray him All right, him a All right. Bye, everybody. Bye, bye. Bye. I'm sorry, Michelle. <clears throat> but you have to go back to sleep now. There you go. Good night. Night, night. Have no, 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 Shh. Don't say the H word. <laughs> Look. She's finally asleep. Good night, Michelle. Good night, Michelle. Chill with his Michigan jersey. So, Danny and Joey are in Michelle's room. It's 2 a.m. They're both looking into the crib as Michelle's just kind of laying there with her, her eyes open. And Danny says, honey, it's 2 a.m. You got to go to sleep. And Joey says, it's like she lost her best friend. <laughs> Saying, she kind of did. Her one and only friend at this time. Because, gosh, how old is she when she meets Teddy? She's like five. That's like three years of not having a regular playmate. Joey continues, all she kept saying was, Howie, Howie. And Danny says, don't say the H word. You're going to set her off again. Danny again looks into the crib and says, oh, look, she's finally asleep. And they both walk out of the room. Okay, let's go across the hall to DJ in Stephanie's room. DJ's not having an issue sleeping, but Stephanie sure is. She's clutching Mr. Bear, and she hears a horn beeping outside. She's even got her night, her uh, bedside lamp on, too, which usually that's what I do. If I have a bad dream in the middle of the night and I wake up, I'll turn my lamp on just a little bit. And then I'll, I'll reach for my phone. 
But then again, I'm a grown adult who has a husband sleeping next to me who has to get up at six something in the morning. And if it's like three or four, it's like, well, I don't want to wake him up. Stephanie, look, she don't have that problem. <laughs> the only person she's going to be interrupting is her sister on the other side of the bedroom. I remember when I went and saw the movie, the movie Cabin Fever back in 2003. I saw it with a couple of friends, and I remember it was so scary. I had my eyes closed. I was looking down at the floor. At one point, my glasses slipped off my face, and I'm like trying to, to touching the disgusting theater floor. Like, I can't find my glasses. I can't find my glasses. And I, I could not sleep. I could not sleep. You want to know what I did? I popped in the Lord of the Rings, the Two Towers, and I stayed awake from, like, midnight to six. Because I was too scared to shut my eyes. When it was finally daylight out, I'm like, okay, I can go to sleep now. <laughs> that was such a rough night, because I was tired, but it's like, I don't want to shut my eyes. So Stephanie goes over to their window and looks out. And then she goes over to, Stephanie goes over to DJ and starts shaking her awake. Like, DJ, did that car horn wake you up? And DJ says, no, you woke me up, you little nerd bomber. So Stephanie admits she knows the Wolfman isn't real. But she said, but if he is, would he be driving an Isuzu? And DJ tells Stephanie, like, look, the Wolfman is just an actor who needs a flea collar. DJ also says to Stephanie, it's like, you know, scary movies are just for fun. And I love Stephanie's response. In that case, I'm having the funnest night of my life. Ha 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 ha. She turns and goes back to her bed. But she doesn't make it to her bed because she hears a, a dog howl. And she jumps right into DJ's bed. And DJ has to inform her, that was the Gibbler's dog. Again with the warm milk. I just got through this on that Different Strokes episode where Arnold couldn't sleep because he didn't have his stuffed toy. Although, I mean, Stephanie here has Mr. Bear. But really, honestly, does warm milk really help? I mean... I can only see using warm milk if I'm making hot chocolate. So DJ leaves the room and Stephanie looks up at the George Michael poster and Stephanie asks Mr. Bear, Mr. Bear, did, did George Michael have that much hair on his face yesterday? I didn't think so. And she runs after DJ. Gibbler's dog. 
Look, I'll go make you some more milk. That'll help you sleep. Thanks, DJ. Hurry up. Mr. Bear, did George Michael have that much hair on his face yesterday? <laughs> I didn't think so. <laughs> So we got Stephanie going down the stairs into the kitchen and DJ going down the stairs through the living room. It's dark. There's no lights on. And of course, they both end up running into each other with Mr. Bear in the middle. And they start like grabbing him. <laughs> of course, Joey's sleeping in the his little basement apartment. He comes up. He's like, hey. What's going on? Why are you choking Mr. Bear? DJ says, I thought he was the wolf man. And Stephanie comes back with, you said there was no wolf man. <laughs> Stephanie grabs Joey, says, Joey, go get him. He's driving in a Zuzu. <laughs> Joey kind of looks back at DJ like, what? 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 What's going on here? Because remember, Joey and Danny weren't home. They were... At the Laugh Factory, you know, Joey's comedy set. So they have no idea this Wolfman movie thing even went down. Danny hightails it down there. He's like, oh, what's going on? DJ tells Danny, the Wolfman movie scared Stephanie. And Danny asks, well, who gave you permission to watch a monster movie? Oh, here comes Jesse. <laughs> well, it's the middle of the night and Jesse's hair is all, like, must up and just all it looks like he slept a full eight hours instead of like four and of course Stephanie points to Uncle Jesse coming through the door oh and so does DJ and Jesse looks at them and asks what I just woke up how could I be in trouble Danny tells him well you let Stephanie watch the wolfman and now she can't sleep so Jesse kind of He's like, well, I mean, DJ and Kimmy were watching it, and I didn't. And then he asked Steph, he's like, Steph, you said that you were, that you were, would be fine. What's, and she's like, and you believed me? Yeah, I honestly think that they should have put the foot down and said, sweetie, the wolfman, you're not ready for that. You should have taken Becky's advice. And even asked himself, well, what would Danny do in this situation? Would he let Stephanie watch The Wolfman? He wouldn't? Okay. Well, sweetie, guess what? Instead of watching a movie, we can go play checkers or something. Or a game. Or you can read her a story or whatever. I like Danny, you know, bending down to Stephanie's level as he explains to her. like, honey, I know you want to do everything your big sister does, but... Sometimes there are things you're just you're gonna have to wait till you're a little older for. And Stephanie tells him, you know, every time I close my eyes, I see that scary wolf man. Joey's the one who brings up Rob Lowe. He's like, well, I'll admit he's no Rob Lowe. You know, if they had things like they do nowadays, where you can watch behind the scenes stuff as makeup artists are putting stuff on an actor. I wonder if Stephanie were to see something like that for the Wolfman. Like, oh, here's behind the scenes of they're putting stuff on the Wolfman's face. If you see that beforehand, maybe, I mean, maybe that could 
have helped her be more prepared. Like, oh, well, I saw them. He was in the chair. They were putting, you know, the fake fur on his face and everything like that. So it's not a big deal. And it just seems like even shows like The Walking Dead. I mean, I'm sure there are parents, parents that are letting their kids that are like 10 and under watch that stuff. Some out there. And at the point where kids eventually are getting desensitized to this stuff. Where it's like, "Eh, is that really... Yeah, that reminds me of when Bart and Lisa, they went to that Space Aliens movie. And Lisa's covering her eyes. And Bart says, you know, if you don't watch this, you'll never get desensitized. Where eventually you'll just watch it and you'll be like, meh, another... Okay. Yeah, Joey says, hey, admit, you know, the Wolfman's no Rob Lowe, but, I mean, if you saw him at home with his parents, you'd probably think he's pretty funny. And Stephanie <laughs> kind of looked at Joey skeptically and asked, the Wolfman has parents? Well, Stephanie, he had to come from somewhere, didn't he? Not like he was dropped off on a stork. Yeah, she says the Wolfman has parents. Get out of here. And Joey stands like, all right, yeah, let me show you. Okay, so let's see, we need a Wolfman. Wild and controllable here. They all look at Jesse. It's like, oh, who let her watch the movie? He's like, all right, I'll be Wolfie. So they're going to kind of act out something, a scene for Stephanie to, you know, make it less scary for her and hopefully she'll sleep. So, of course, (laughs) Joey says, good, I'll be the father, Mr. Wolf. And Danny says he'll be the mother, Virginia Wolf. Alright, so Danny, this is a reference to Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf from 1966. About a bitter aging couple with the help of alcohol used their young houseguests to fuel anguish and emotional pain towards each other over the course of a distressing night. Okay. Oh, here we go. This will be a little, and then I'll get back to the episode. Okay. George and Martha are a middle-aged married couple whose charged relationship is defined by verbal battles, which underlines what seems like the unemotional dependence upon each other. Verbal abuse is fueled by an excessive consumption of alcohol. George, being an associate history professor in a university where Martha's father is president, blah, 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 late one Saturday night after a faculty mixer, Martha invites Nick and Honey, an ambitious young biology professor new to the university, blah blah blah, mousy wife, over for a nightcap. As the evening progresses, Nick and Honey, pile more alcohol, get caught up in George and Martha's games of needing to hurt each other and everyone around them. The ultimate abuse comes in the form of talk of George and Martha's unseen 16-year-old son, whose birthday is the following day. Yeah, so basically, unfortunately, they did lose a child, and they kind of made one up to cope with the loss. So, Joey, of course, does his impression of Mr. Wolf, Wolfman's father, and says, Oh, straighten up, son, you'll get a hunchback. Oh, you'll never get into Notre Dame. Ah, kids today. And Danny is... Miss, I'm just going to say Mrs. Wolf. <laughs> I'm not calling him Virginia Wolf. He says, asks, were you out scaring people again, young man? And Jesse, as the wolf man, says, well, King Kong does it. Joey's doing kind of like a, it feels like a New, New Yorkish, maybe Brooklynish accent. 
And Joey as Mr. Wolf says, And I suppose if King Kong jumped off the Empire State Building, you'd do it too. So we cut to DJ and Stephanie. I like that Stephanie's got a smile on her face. You know, she's being entertained by this, so that's good. And Joey's Mr. Wolf says there's no gonna be there's gonna be no more howling at the moon, no more chasing cars. And you tell little Stephanie you're sorry for scaring her. So Jesse bends down out of Wolfman mode and he says, Stephanie, I'm sorry for scaring that the movie scared you. And Stephanie just smiles at him and says, That's okay, Wolfie. I'm not scared anymore. And she hugs him. Oh, I'm looking at Jesse's feet. He's got one bare foot and one sock on that is stretched out. It kind of makes me think of, you know, like when you would go out in the wintertime, you got your snow boots on and how you're, if this, this has happened to me as a kid, you're out playing, you're in the snow and your sock ends up getting somehow bunched up around your ankle or even the point where it's just like hanging off the heel of your foot. And it's, it's almost like, how? I put that sock on. How is it, like, coming off of my foot? Maybe it's, like, you know, all the friction and stuff and moving around. I don't know. Joey also gives Steph advice here. He says, you know, next time you're scared, just take all that scary stuff and turn it into something funny. Stephanie tells him, well, that'll come in handy the next time I watch a scary movie, which will be never. So, DJ takes Stephanie and she tells her, like, let's go to bed, Steph. So, Jesse's like, well, I'll make sure they're tucked in. Joey puts a hand on Jesse's chest and says, no, I'll take care of that. You just go brush your fangs and comb your face. <laughs> What's going on here? Why are you choking Mr. Bear? I thought he was the wolf man. <laughs> you said the what? Wolfman. Joey, go get him. He's driving in his Suzu. What's going on? The Wolfman movie scared Stephanie. <clears throat> Who gave you permission to watch a monster movie? <laughs> oh, I just woke up. How could I be in trouble? You let Stephanie watch the Wolfman, and now she can't go to sleep. Oh, well, DJ and Kimmy were watching it. I didn't... Stephanie said you weren't going to be scared. And you believe me? <laughs> Honey... I know you want to do everything your big sister does, but sometimes some things have to wait until you're older. Every time I close my eyes, I see that scary wolf man. Well, I'll admit he's no Rob Lowe, but if you saw him at home with his parents, you'd probably think he's pretty funny. The wolf man has parents? Get out of here. <laughs> well, sure he does. Let me show you. Uh, let's see. We need a wolf man, someone with wild, uncontrollable hair. <laughs> oh, gee. Who let her watch the movie? Okay, I'll be Wolfie. Yeah, good. I'll be the father, Mr. Wolf. And I'll be the mother, the ginger wolf. Wolfie, what's the matter with you? Look at that posture. Straighten up. You'll get a hunchback. You'll never get into Notre Dame. There are kids nowadays. Were you out scaring people again, young man? King Kong does it. Oh, and I suppose if King Kong jumped off the Empire State Building, you'd do it, too. <laughs> now, there's going to be no more howling at the moon, no more 
chasing cars, and you tell little Stephanie you're sorry for scaring her. <laughs> I'm sorry, Steph. I didn't think the movie would frighten you. It's okay, Wolfie. I'm not scared anymore. <laughs> right. Now oh, you see, Steph, see? Next time you're scared, you just take all that scary stuff and turn it into something real funny. That will come in handy next time I watch a monster movie, which will be never. Come on, Steph, let's go to bed. I'll go tuck them in. I'll take care of them. You, young man, go right back to bed. And remember, brush your fangs and comb your face. <laughs> All right, so it's the next morning. Jesse goes into Michelle's room. He's like, hey, morning, Michelle. And she looks at him. Only one question on her mind. Where's Howie? And Jesse tells her, I'm sorry, pal, but your buddy Howie went back to Nebraska, and that's... A four-week toddle from here. She's two. She doesn't understand what does Nebraska mean to Michelle. She doesn't know what that means. All she knows is Howie isn't there anymore. So he pulls her out of the crib and asks, do you want some breakfast? And she says, I want Howie. And she latches herself on to Jesse's leg, sits on his shoe, so he starts walking around like, Michelle, get off my foot, Michelle. And he starts, Jesse starts shouting into the hallway, hey, anyone out there, get in here, I need some help. And he looks down at Michelle as he's walking around her room with her <laughs> attached to his foot and leg. He asks, if I give you a ride, will that make you happy? And we just look at Michelle, she's like, no. So Danny, Joey, and the girls come in. Danny asks how she's doing. And we cut to Michelle. And she's like, Howie, Howie. And Jesse looks at Danny and asks, any more questions? And Danny's like, gosh, we got to cheer this kid up. So everybody starts doing a different activity. And Michelle does not care. Danny's like, let's play with these rings. You love this. Joey's like, let's play zoo as he's got a squirrel puppet. And DJ's going to read Horton Hears a Who. And Stephanie is dangling some toy in front of Michelle. Michelle's had enough. She puts her hand up and says, stop. Where's Howie? Like, I don't care about any of this. I want Howie. Stephanie's dangling a stuffed toy playing with it while she's singing row 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 your boat jesse says you know i got just the thing that'll work all right michelle come with me come with me and then he's like oh i guess i didn't need to say that did i good <laughs> jeez still sitting on his foot as jesse's leaving the room with michelle on his foot she's like howie and danny is like, we may have to move to nebraska morning michelle well howie back home to Nebraska, which is a good four-week toddle from here. Come on. You want some breakfast? Uh, <laughs> Michelle. Michelle, you... Anybody out there? Help! All right, Michelle. If I give you a ride, will that make you happy? No. <laughs> How's she doing? Howie. 
questions? We gotta cheer this kid up. Michelle, we'll play with your rings. Oh, these are great. Oh, let's play zoo. Oh, oh, the rings. Oh, boy, Such a sweet moment between Jesse and Michelle. He takes her to his room and puts her on the bed. And he says, you know, one of the my favorite things about you, Michelle, is I love to see you smile. Can you give me a smile? He says, come on, give me one of those famous Michelle smiles. And Michelle just, Howie. That's all she's saying. That's all she, she wants and cares about is Howie. And Jesse says, you know, I know you miss Howie, but don't forget about your family who loves you and is right here. And again, Jesse is like, she's too, I don't know how much of this she's actually taking in. Like, yeah, you might be there, you might be your family, but you're not, none of you are someone that is her size and her age. That's why I, that's why I say he, they should have been getting her into a playgroup before this that way she wouldn't I mean she would have had an attachment to Howie but it wouldn't have been to the point where she's not sleeping and not eating and just absolutely distraught because in a way if she has a playmate and she goes and sees on occasion and stuff like that she'll understand like okay playtime's over we both go to our separate you know homes and everything and it would have been probably easier for her to be able to detach from Howie and just accept that, okay, he's he's going home now. And he's, you know, reminding her of all the good times they had together. And he's like, you know, I'm going to sing that song to you. All right, that song I've been, I, I wrote for you. Do you want to hear that? And she's like, okay. It's going to get old fast. You ready? Michelle, you know what I love more than anything in this whole wide world? Is to see you smile. Now come on, give me one of those famous Michelle smiles, please. Howie. <laughs> I know you miss your friend Howie, but don't forget about your family who loves you like crazy right here. Remember all the good times we had together? I'm going to sing that song I wrote for you, okay? Okay. Okay, let me sing it for you, all right? All right. Michelle's at home, the cats are purring. She doesn't know what worry is. She sees them more, and she's not sorry. She doesn't know what sorry is. Michelle smiling, Michelle smiling, Michelle smiling. Oh, I gotta ask, does anyone else get teared up? I'm tearing up at this song. I think it's beautiful. I like the song as much as the song Forever. 
So we do get a little uh, flashback montage from the first season and some of the second season. We, of course, see baby Michelle in the pilot episode while the family's all crowded around her playpen in the living room. The next thing we see her looks like she has like a spaghetti sauce or just baby food just covering her face and she's smiling. Just scenes of her with a big old grin on her face. We also see her riding Bubba the Turtle with DJ holding on to her and Stephanie's got a long carrot trying to get Bubba to walk. <laughs> it's so cute. We see Michelle in her high chair and Danny's bent down by her and she goes and grabs his nose. Now see, it looks like we're getting uh, scenes from season two as Michelle is dressed in a little aerobics outfit with a sweatband and Jesse's lifting her up and flying her around the room. This one here, this scene with Stephanie and Michelle in the rocking chair and Stephanie's got a book. This looks like a scene from uh, one of the cold opens. We got DJ sitting in her bed with a teen magazine and she's blowing a bubble and Michelle goes and grabs it and pops it. <laughs> we go to the DJ's very first horse episode with the little baby chick that Jesse's holding. And the baby chick is flapping its wings and it's so cute. <laughs> now this looks like new footage here as we have Michelle in a ballerina outfit. And she's got a little ballerina music box, twir and she's twirling. And then we see her with some bubbles, and all the um, the guys are all around her also blowing bubbles. So this looks like new footage that has not been in an episode that was strictly created for this episode, which is just cute. She always got one of those big ones, not like large, huge, but like a, a bit bigger than... Uh, the rest of the guys. And it's just, it's cool. Gosh, I haven't blown bubbles since I was a little kid. With the, oh, so fun. Okay, so this one looks like this might have been from an episode where she's on the bouncy horse that is normally downstairs, but for this scene, she's in her room. I think this song is definitely about a child's innocence and not really like when Jesse's saying how the news is on and Michelle's laughing she doesn't know what the picture shows is that it's just 
I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm getting teared up. This song, that song does that to me. It really does. Um, but just a child's innocence. Like, they could be watching the news and not understanding what they're seeing. And Jesse's singing about how Michelle's laughing. If only we knew what Michelle knows. It's like, because she's, she's innocent. And just in a childlike innocence that those things that we worry about and think about and see on the news and, and what's going on in the world and stuff, a little toddler isn't going to see that and be emotionally affected by it. And maybe Jesse is just saying in a way, like, if we could only know, we could only feel the same type of innocence and naivete that M M Michelle feels and stuff, that maybe we wouldn't be... I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but that song always oh, makes me tear up. And, of course, first thing out of Michelle's mouth is, where's Howie? I want Howie. I was like, aww. So now we're downstairs with the family. Michelle's not down there yet, but <laughs> it's like DJ and Stephanie are on the couch waiting for something to happen. And Becky's sta uh, standing over by the TV with a remote. <laughs> what are they laughing about? Becky calls to Jesse. Jess, where are you? <laughs> As <laughs> he comes with Michelle. Let me guess, she's still attached to his foot. Is Michelle still attached to Jesse's foot? Yep. DJ asks Jesse how Michelle is doing, and Jesse says, Ah, oh, the poor kid's got a broken heart. So Jesse sets Michelle down on the coffee table as Becky says, You know, I have a tape here that might help. And Jesse's like, All right, let's watch the, the tape, Michelle. So Becky turns the tape on, and right away, it's Howie! <laughs> Her eyes light up, and it's like that. Sadness just melts away from her. She says, Howie! And of course, Howie's waving and saying, Hi, Michelle! So he's definitely shouting his lines here. As he says, Hi, Michelle! And she says, Hi, Howie! And he asks, How are you? And of course, she's like she's talking to him. This just feels like, um, like Skype. Or, like, uh, Zoom or something. <laughs> or FaceTime, even. <laughs> wow. They were they were hitting on a money-making idea that definitely... Michelle says, I'm fine. And he says, I miss you. And she tells, I miss you, too. <laughs> and I love how Joey jokes about, you might be onto something, Becky. Fisher-Price dating. And Jesse bends down to Michelle's level and says, Ah, there's that smile I was t singing about, kid. And he gives her a kiss. Aww. <laughs> and Becky says that she and Connie had made that while they were at the airport. There must have been a delay or something. <laughs> she said, I just thought these two would make great video pals. Why didn't they keep that up, though? I mean, really, because in season four, the wedding parts one and two, when <laughs> Becky asked, do you remember Howie? And Michelle's like, hmm, Howie? Nope. I'm like, 
they really could have kept that up. And DJ is just surprised. Like, this is so weird. I know Michelle's only two, but she's acting like a real person. You know, with emotions and feelings. And DJ says, I guess you're never too young to need a friend. And Stephanie says, our little Michelle is growing up. And the fa- Ugh, I can't believe it takes Becky saying this for Danny. Like, hey, that's a great idea. Because she says, maybe it's about time you get Michelle into a playgroup with kids her own age. And Danny says, that's a great idea. At least she'd have some friends in the same zip code. And Jesse is just amazed. It's like, wow, I just, you keep surprising me. I mean, you were right about the monster movie. You made this tape for Michelle and the playdate thing. You're going to make a great mom someday. And she says, thanks, you already are. <laughs> That's uh, confusing. Okay. <laughs> and Michelle says, Howie again. Joey's like, Michelle, you just saw Howie. She's going to wear that tape out. And she starts chanting, Howie, Howie. It's like, how about we watch a little HTV, all Howie, all the time. <laughs> so... Howie blows her a kiss, and Michelle blows him a kiss back. And the family gets on it too, which is weird, because it's like, this video was made specifically for Michelle. You don't get to participate, rest of the family. <laughs> Jess, where are you? I'm coming. I'm coming. How's Michelle doing? Uh, poor kid's got a broken heart. I have a tape here that might help. Just watch the tape. Watch with Michelle. Fisher-Price video dating. We made it last night at the airport. I just thought these two would make great video pals. This is weird. I mean, I know Michelle's only two, but she's acting like a real person. I guess you're never too young to need a friend. Our little Michelle is growing up. Well, maybe it's time to put her in a playgroup with kids her own age. That's a great idea. At least she has some friends in the same zip code. I'm so impressed with you. I mean, you're right on about everything. You were right about the monster movie. You came up with this idea to make a tape for Michelle. You're going to make a great mom. Thanks. You already are one. Howie again. Michelle, you just saw Howie. Howie, 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 Howie. Hey, why don't we watch a little HTV? All Howie. All the time. <laughs> Alright, that was the episode. Yes, the first episode in the new series for February, Tanner Girls in Love. So, let's see here. I think best outfit? I honestly want to give it to Howie's outfit. It was adorable. He's wearing, like, a red, white, and blue jacket that had, like, a number three on it. And then he's wearing, like, a gray overalls. And then runner-up, I think I want to give it to Stephanie's pink and white pinstriped overalls. 
see. Do I have a worst outfit? Hmm. Worst outfit of the episode. You know, I really don't. I don't think there was anything that was just out there and just like, whoa, that person shouldn't have been wearing that. But So, Tanner Teachable Moments. I gotta say, use your own discretion when it comes to, clearly if you know your child, you know what they can and can't handle when it comes to television and movies. Even if, you know, the younger sibling wants to do what the older sibling is doing, sometimes you do have to put your foot down and just tell them, you know, you're going to have to wait till you're a little older. And, you know, stick to your, stick to your guns. Don't, don't waffle. Um, as far as for Michelle, I think that definitely getting a child involved with playdates before the age of two is definitely a good thing. And I feel if they had done that before Michelle met Howie that she would have been sad, but it wouldn't have been as difficult for her to deal with. Remember when Teddy moved away? And she had been friends with him since um, season five. Yeah, they were friends. And uh, they met in the first episode, Double Trouble, of season one. And then they're besties in... Season 5, Episode 2, Matchmaker Michelle. And it seems like a season later, Season 6, Episode 2, The Long Goodbye, is when Teddy moves away. So, my my thing is just don't wait until your kid's two years old before you start introducing them to other children to make friends and stuff like that. As far as Jesse and Becky and their dating and naming their future babies, um, <laughs> like I said, what do you think? That I'd say six months and up, but that's only if you're, like, serious about it. I mean, if you're putting in six months to a year, then there's commitment there, definitely, and one of the... But I'd say don't start talking about your future baby names before the six-month mark. It's Jesse and Becky, even they said we won't na start naming our future children until we've been dating for at least three months. So, <laughs> yeah, they were jumping the gun a bit, but <laughs> it was so cute to watch. So, let's see, was anyone the worst this episode? I don't believe anyone it was. Usually, I, I don't have a worst person of the episode very, very often. Very rarely, in fact. Unless somebody does something that I 100% don't agree with, like there being a major but in the episode, then I would give that out. But no one, no one was. No one was a but this episode, so that's good. So the next episode I'm going to focus on for next week, as I said in the beginning of the episode, the next episode in the Tanner Girls in Love episode is going to be season four episode 22 stephanie plays the field which aired on march 8th 1991 in this episode episode <laughs> episode stephanie joins a little league baseball team to be near a boy she likes and if you guys think this boy looks familiar there's a reason sean fox played the role of rocky in three ninjas kickback I don't know why they couldn't get the original. I have no idea, but yeah. Because when I saw that episode, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's the boy from the sequel to Three Ninjas. All right, so everyone have a good weekend.
and I'll be back next week. Bye-bye.